This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now we're used to spectacular weeks in the United Kingdom and the Tory party, as it sinks in the polls, becomes ever more ridiculous, unpleasant, and at times even things worse than that, such as racist. This week, Rishi Sunak announced a number of things. One of them was that the biggest infrastructure project imaginable, designed to level up, as they call it in Britain, was being cancelled. HS2 was a big infrastructural project involving roads, rail, to connect the north of England and the major cities there, Birmingham, Manchester, with London. It was a very necessary and ambitious programme, he said. He was cancelling it. The unfortunate thing is half of England has been ripped apart and is a building site. So that was the foundation which lies there now with no purpose. Also, Suella Braverman went to the United States. She's the Home Secretary in Britain. Her immigration behaviour as Home Secretary has been, many people feel, borderline racist. And she went to the United States to make a speech which was, in turn, to the point on immigration, but also, I'm afraid, had shades of racism in it. There was also a very shocking media incident. There is a thing called GB News, which has been set up in Britain. It's an attempt, it seems, to match Fox News in the United States. It is populated by Tories who present programs, which is illegal in Britain, according to the Ofcom rules, Ofcom being the television Regulator Jacob Rees-Mogg has a programme, Esther McVeigh, Philip Davis, Suella Braverman will be on tonight with the Tory party deputy chair, Lee Anderson, to explain her views on immigration. All of this has happened this week. And worst of all, a story that is so disgusting concerning the actor Lawrence Fox, who made a remark about journalist Ava Evans, which really... We wouldn't use on this podcast, but the person who was with him who laughed at this remark, Dan Wotton, has been suspended for laughing. Fox himself 
has eventually issued a groveling apology. Question is, what has this got to do with us? Well, of course, half of our country, or at least a big one million people in our country, are ruled from Britain. And we're joined now by Chris Johns. Chris is the former chief economist with the Bank of Ireland, now a very respected commentator and a very welcome and popular guest on the stand. Chris, it's been a hell of a week, but then every week appears to be a hell of a week. Where did we start? Exactly, Eamon. Um, <laughs> every week when I think about doing this podcast with you, I think, well, it can't continue. We are, sooner or later, surely going to run out of British politics to talk about, and um, we must talk about something else. But it, as you say, it's been a heck of a week. Let's talk about the HS2 cancellation, Chris. I mean, you understand this world. You are a Welshman living in London, and you've lived here. This is massively embarrassing, isn't it? This is one more example out of many about how Britain can't do infrastructure anymore, at least not without doing it at massive multiples of the original cost. There's a marvellous thing in London called the Elizabeth Line. It was originally called Crossrail, and it, it, it has been a fantastic addition to the capital's transport infrastructure, and that raises a number of issues. First of all, London, unlike the rest of the country, has fabulous public transport infrastructure, and uh, the, this Crossrail thing, which was another massively over-budget, took much longer than it was originally intended, but eventually it got finished. They're getting scared of these projects. The Channel Tunnel itself was another example of something that took longer and uh, cost much more than they thought. The list is a very, very long one. And now the costs of this HS2, High Speed 2, is, is such that in a country that is fiscally at least uh, running out of money, uh, the, the, the Tories are terrified. In the same, this week also saw a report from the Institute of Fiscal Studies which showed that uh, unambiguously on the numbers, this is not an opinion, this is pure data, Britain has now experienced the biggest rises in taxes under this government than any other government since the Second World War. And, there, and moreover, that's backward-looking, all of these fiscal experts are forecasting that there will be no money for Tory tax cuts, either in the run-up to the general election, which is what they're hoping to do, and whoever is in government after the next election, the fiscal situation is so tight there will be more tax rises rather than tax cuts, whoever wins. So when you're looking at a project like HS2, which is multiple tens of billions over budget already and threatening to get even worse, the natural thing to do is when you're short of money is to say, well, let's stop spending the money. Now, this raises all sorts of issues. It means that we have to do a forensic examination of what HS2 has achieved already. As you say, if you just go through London, actually, and look at the sites that are, bit, are there, um, half completed for yes. HS2. There's, there's a just outside Paddington. There's a place called Old Oak Common, which is a, a big building site. And if the uh, link to Birmingham, which we think is going to be completed, it's the northern half of the of the HS2 that is talked about being cancelled. This HS2 was supposed to go all the way to Euston, and there was supposed to be a tunnel dug between Old Oak Common and Euston. It's not that far, but it required a tunnel because central London is so congested you couldn't put a, a new railway line. The Germans are constructing, as we speak, the two digging machines that will start at each end of this tunnel and are due to be delivered next year. And under the contract, they have to be delivered. So whether they cancel it or not, whether the HS2 ends at Old Oak Common or the tunnel is built, doesn't look like it is at the moment. These 
multi-million pound machines are going to be delivered to Britain and not used. The, the second uh, out of many points I could make about this high-speed line is that on current plans, the line from London, whether it's Old Oak Common or Euston to Birmingham, is going to be slower than the existing train service. I mean, you, you, as, you, as we often say in these circumstances, you couldn't make it up. But it's in the context of the leveling up agenda and what's going to happen north of Birmingham. They've already cancelled one leg um, connecting two big British cities. They, that's been cancelled already, and it's what happens north of, north of Birmingham. This example of cancelling something, of stopping something, of saying we're not going to do it anymore, is an example of a wider mindset that I think is prevalent throughout British politics and economics and all sorts of different things about let's just stop doing it, rather than trying to think through about how we could correct the existing mistakes, still do it, but do it better, and in the context of HS2, get our arms around the cost thing and still do it, but at a cheaper price, get some proper people in to manage it, get some proper um, engineers, accountants, and other experts in, because clearly the people, uh, the, the current chief executive is departing, all this churn of people running the project, the hundreds of millions that have been spent on consultants for the project, all of these things display a lack of management and also a mindset that says rather than making an existing problem go away by cancelling it, let's take the problems and see if we can solve them and still do this thing that we very badly need to do. And in the context of Suella Bravman in, um, in, in New York, uh, one of the things that she went on about is, is, is an example of what I'm talking about. The European Convention of Human Rights, they're threatening to pull out yes. of, which is something we could talk about all day as well. But the European Convention of Human Rights has a long history going back to the, you know, the post-war period. And it was led by Churchill. It was a Churchillian initiative. It's something that Britain can actually be proud of, of taking a lead in. It increases Britain's soft power. Um, it's a very good thing. Now, yes, there are problems with it. And so like HS2, you see a problem. And the first thing that you decide to do is you pull out, you stop, you cancel. Instead of saying, okay, how can we work with our partners how can we work with the people, the, the other um, interested parties in this particular thing and make it work better? How can we engage in dialogue, engage with people and try to make things better? Instead, she wants to cancel it. And this is part of this very inward-looking British thing that we're doing at the moment, which is to say uh, no rather than yes. Let's stop doing something rather than doing something. Can we do it better? No, we can't, so let's not do it. And, and this is a national malaise at the moment. Yes, and there are other national scandals, really, and the behavior of people, we saw it with Russell Brand, that very, very dangerous character who the police are investigating. He's extremely popular. But Lawrence Fox and GB News and a fellow called Dan Wooten. Now, Lawrence Fox made a remark about a fellow journalist and Wooten laughed along with him. Wooten was the host of their program, GB News. Clearly, it's going for the Fox News to try and create a Fox News in Britain, whether Britain's ready for Fox News, given that Fox News produced Donald Trump, is a, a question we might talk about some other time. But one of the rules of the British broadcast regulator, Ofcom, is that politicians cannot host Current Affairs, News and Current Affairs programme. At the moment, Jacob Rees-Mogg, Esther McVeigh and Philip Davis, who are all Tory politicians, Rees-Mogg will be known. Sir, 
Jacob Rees-Mogg after Boris Johnson's resignation honours list. Also tonight, the Tory party deputy chair will be hosting Suella Braverman to talk about her speech in Washington. All of that breaks Ofcom rules, but even the regulator doesn't work. I saw her on Newsnight last night and she was trying to find a way to kick all of this to touch. Yeah, she's, and I think she's found a way, actually. And I think they have, in a very weasel way, wriggled out of their responsibilities, the regulator. And again, that's a more general problem in the UK, not just the UK. You've got a problem with certain regulators in Ireland as well, different context. Don't regulate. But, <laughs> but, the, but the regulators... But the regulators have run rings run around them by all sorts of different people in the financial world, in the water utility world. Regulation doesn't work. The regulator, we think, is in the process of clarifying its own rules. And what it's we think it's saying is that they can host programs, but they can't be newsreaders. Yes. It might seem a subtle distinction, but it does seem that it's going to let GB News, these political uh, presenters, these MPs, as you rightly say, he's now... Um, as you say, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg was knighted only this week. Um, and so he is now Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg. GB News is a really interesting one. I think that your comparison with Fox News is right, but it, it does have very peculiar, unique British characteristics as well. It's not just a mirror copy of, of Fox News. Its ownership has been interesting ever since it started a couple of years ago. Um, it's the shares in the company have changed hands several times over, the, particularly during the initial period. The shares have changed hands almost as much as, as the presenters themselves have changed because it's been a revolving door of people coming and going. Piers Morgan occasionally appears. I, I think he may have left now. Well, oh, Andrew yeah. Neil, Andrew Neil said about Piers Morgan right at the start <laughs> that we're going to hire him, and this was just before Andrew Neil himself walked out of the station. That revolving door. He said that Piers Morgan um, uh, had a higher sense of his own worth than we did. And it was a reference to the amount of money that Piers Morgan was asking for. So Piers Morgan wasn't hired as a full-time presenter. So there are, there are two main owners of GB News, and they're really interesting. There's, there's one called Sir Paul Marshall, who is a hedge funder. So he's, he's, uh, an, an, he's re reputedly worth between six or seven hundred million and several billions, depending on what source that you look at. And when you think about hedge fund billionaires, you automatically think about these hard right people, um, particularly in the United States, that tend to fund uh, think tanks and media organizations, not unlike uh, Fox News. Marshall's more interesting in this. First of all, he's a very private character, so we've, it's quite hard to get hold of what he actually believes in and why he is funding GB, GB News, which is, which as far as we know is still still loss-making. He was a big Lib Dem person back in the day. He was a funder and a worker uh, for the Lib Dems and uh, eventually broke with them over Brexit because he is a hard-line Brexiteer. He is a real uh, leave man. And, uh, and so we think he's been on a journey to the right. There's another character owns uh, GB News. There's two main owners, and it's something called Legatum, and you may have heard of a, a sister or a, a subsidiary of Legatum. It's called the Legatum Institute, which is a right-wing think tank here in the UK. Legatum itself, the holding company, is owned by a, a fairly mysterious um, uh, New, New Zealander called Christopher Chandler. And Legatum is headquartered in Dubai. So a lot of this is opaque. Yes. And a lot of this, um, we think, is, is very much designed to take this... Um, 
this news channel uh, to the right of British politics to really remake um, British politics. Its most popular presenter, of course, is Nigel Farage. They're, he's the one. They don't yes. get many viewers on GB News. It has been increasing. It has, their, yes. their, their viewership was disastrous at first. Their production standards were disastrous. It slowly, slowly got better. And uh, partly down to people like Farage and Farage in particular gaining a few viewers, but it's still a minority, a minority taste. But the the aim of GB News, as far as we can tell from its stated uh, mission statements, if you like, is essentially to appeal to red wall voters in the UK. Yes, that appears to be its target audience. Yes, can I ask you about another development this week? Another Rishi Sunak initiative which was floated, the idea that inheritance tax will be abolished. Now, that is a very dramatic move, is it not? And it will certainly go down well with wealthy Tory party members or supporters because it will perpetuate the wealth gap. One of the things that Rishi Sunak has said recently that is absolutely right is that we need to improve the maths education of the British people. Because as a, as a nation, we are enumerate. And so that when people start talking about tax rates and percentages and inheritance tax and tax revenues, um, people prefer to talk about something else. They prefer to talk about Russell Brand because people are in this country are scared of numbers. One piece of evidence that I would give you for this is Rishi Sunak's own tax affairs. It should be a matter of national scandal that yes. a person that earns millions of pounds a year from his various investments in particular and a little bit from his salary as a prime minister. So he earns a seven-figure salary. And we know this because he's recently published his tax returns. And we know that the top rate of tax in the UK for people earning that kind of money is 45% plus national insurance. Can you guess what his effective all-in tax rate is from his published tax returns? I bet no. you can't. I'm going to tell you, it's 22%. Good old Rishi. Um, now, one of the th other that, sh that should be, an, sorry to interrupt, but my point about maths is that that should be a national scandal. But because it yeah. involves percentages and tax and all the rest of it, it, it isn't. It right. sort of gets buried in obscure publications and nobody makes a fuss about it. That's also a function of the media. But nobody in this country actually pays inheritance tax. It raises a little bit of money, but not much. There are so many ways already for the wealthy not to pay it that it doesn't really matter. It's a piece of uh, performative fluff. People say they hate inheritance tax, most illogically, because it is actually a very good tax, and in my opinion, a very necessary tax. But what, what the heck do I know? But because most people in this country think that if they own a house, they're going to end up paying inheritance tax, which yes. is wrong, they hate the tax. And, if, and it's just per pure performative nonsense. It's been said that Rishi Sunak would be the biggest beneficiary, or at least his his estate would be of, of this abolition of inheritance tax, and the left get all tied up in knots because Rishi Sunak's own family would benefit from this inheritance. They wouldn't because they're not going to pay any inheritance tax because of the way his affairs are structured under existing tax law. Quite legally, he's he's not going to his estate is not going to end up paying an awful lot of inheritance tax because of the way in which you can organise yourself. So it's all performative fluff. It's absolute nonsense, but it is just red meat to this new conservative right. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, their response to their woes, to Tory woes, is to go hard right, really. And Sir Ella Braverman is as hard right as you go. It seems that she's lining herself up to be the successor to Rishi Sunak. The Labour Party seem assured of governing after the next election on the present opinion poll figures, even at a worst-case scenario. In a worst-case scenario, they could govern with the Liberal Democrats. But what's the Tory party going to become? Because and there are echoes here of the Republican Party in the United States. Joe Biden made a very important speech on Thursday night about what's happening to America. He said, we are facing a very dangerous situation in which the very concept of democracy is being denied by one of our great parties, and he was referring to the Republican Party. He was speaking in Arizona, where John McCain, a Republican and a friend of Biden's, used to be the representative, the late John McCain, that is. Is there a danger, Chris, in your view? And again, I keep being anxious to point out, this has an effect on one million people living on this island. Is there a danger of the Tory party going the way of the Republican Party, and GB News comes into this equation because Fox created Trump. God knows what GB News would create if they ever got their act together. And I'm not saying they will, but as you pointed out, they are growing their audience. They are growing their audience, and they are clearly designed to take the Tory party further right. Just whether that mimics the uh, experience of the Republican Party in the United States, I think, is a numbers game. Yeah, it's a bit early to say, yeah. but it, it it is a sign of the way the world's going, isn't it? Yeah, 
we're talking at the moment GB News of having hundreds of thousands, not millions of viewers. So that that's that's the numbers. If they start getting millions of viewers in the way that Fox News gets, then we are definitely going down that road. An alternative possibility, I'll quote you something from the, the Economist writing about GB News in the last few days, which it says, the greatest threat to opposition parties is irrelevance. Out of office, they retreat into themselves. Jeremy yes. Corbyn mistook rooms of cheering activists for an adoring yes. nation. The self-styled People's Channel, that's GB News, of course, risks performing a similar illusion on the Tories, seeming to be a conduit to the authentic electorate, but in truth reaching only a fragment. That's what I mean by the numbers game. It's an outlet that on its launch promised to escape the Westminster bubble, and it's often an introspective affair. Lee Anderson, the deputy chairman, as you probably know, of the Tory party, interviews yes. Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg, who interviews Mr. Farage, and round they go. GB News is the conservative right speaking unto itself. Yes, Its owners may conclude that it is a sustainable basis for a channel. For a party of government, it is a trap. And that's the question. Is GB News going to become the Fox News and shift British politics to the right in the way that Fox News does? Or is it destined to become a uh, what really stay what it is, which is a minority taste only. I think it's up for grabs. I don't think either outcome is inevitable. But when you look at the broader picture, Eamon, at what is happening in Poland, we have an election yes. in Slovakia this weekend where a ultra-right-wing person is likely to make a return to Slovakian politics. Friend and admirer of Vladimir Putin. A, a Putinist. Yep. And you have your own Putinists in Ireland demonstrating outside your own parliament at the moment. And yeah. that's what they are. And so this right-wing thing, again, it's, the, it's on the numbers. There's only, hopefully there's only 200 of them in Ireland and there's only a few hundred thousand in the UK. But if this can be harnessed in the way that it has been harnessed in the United States and, and it can take over a party that com currently commands half the votes of the population. And Donald Trump, in the most recent opinion poll, I'm sure you've discussed it, has a 10-point lead over Biden. This is, where, this is where the numbers start to get serious. And I think it's an open question as to which road we are going to go down. A lot will depend on how the opposition here in the UK, the Labour Party in particular, but also the Lib Dems, harness themselves over the next few years. But one of the reasons why the United States has gone down this road is that the Republicans allowed it. And the Democrats did absolutely nothing. The Democrats have been hopeless in terms of countering this right-wing populist thing that has taken over the United States. So, it's a, so it, there are many facets to this. It's how successful GB News will be in getting its own act together and whether the Labour Party can mount an effective opposition to what is inevitably something that they are going to try to do. They are going to try to take Britain further to the right than it's already gone. You probably watched Newsnight last night, as I did, I in did, which they, yeah. had, they had a Tory, sitting Tory MP talking about his favouring, proposing, um, wanting Britain to come out of the European Convention on Human yes. Rights, and an ex-Tory MP, Dominic an ex-Attorney General, Dominic yes. Grieve, yes. talking about why that would be an absolutely terrible idea. But that encapsulates it. The guy who was against the idea is nowhere near the levers of power. The guy yes. that was in favour of the idea is in Parliament. So yes. we are going down that road. Okay, just a final, final question, Chris. Is Boris Johnson going to be the new Donald Trump? Because although he has been ruthlessly exposed in a recent BBC series for the shambles 
and worse, in fact, the deaths of many people he made of his premiership, he is still, he has a place in the heart of many British people, not dissimilar to the place that Donald Trump has in the hearts of Americans who vote for him. I'm not suggesting they're the same creature, but they are tapping into the same sentiment. Yeah, all of this populist stuff that GB News is tapping into, that Donald Trump is has successfully harnessed, that Boris Johnson himself harnessed as part of the whole Brexit thing, um, is going to be, I think, made worse by what's happening economically. Because I think ultimately, economically, is it's the economy stupid. Yes. It, it, that's what drives these things. It's it's inequality. It's lack of economic growth. It's lack of opportunities. It's the left-behind communities of Northern England, the Red Wall. Um, the reason why all these things happen ultimately have very economic roots. The reason why Germany did what it did in the 1930s was not because of inflation. It was because of unemployment. And if there is a serious economic problem over the next few years that generates more unemployment than we've got at the moment, then I think that's one factor that will drive these people like Boris Johnson into thinking, I can make a comeback. It's quite clear that Suella Bravman is making speech after speech appealing to the particular electorate of the Conservative Party to make her the successor to Rishi Sunak, probably uh, after the next general election. Liz Truss hasn't gone away. Liz Truss <laughs> clearly feels hard done by. She says, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And she is trying to maintain a foot on the political stage, just as Boris Johnson did. So when, if and when this um, contest to replace Rishi Sunak takes place, um, probably in 2025, I would have thought, um, I, I would think those three people might well be um, part of, the, on the slate, on the ticket, as they say. And um, I wouldn't rule out any of any one of those three being elected. Chris, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It helps restore our sanity for the weekend. Thank you very much indeed. We're very grateful to Chris Johns, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.